in the first 60 days of the pandemic, I got an email from LinkedIn that said the first 60 days, their activity or engagement increased 55% over all of 2019. Wow. That's huge. And so I went into Sales Navigator, their prospecting tool for non-recruiters, and I looked up how many new members uh, signed on to LinkedIn in the last 30 days. And Jeff, it was over 3 million people. That was Tracy Enos, an expert on how to use LinkedIn, the world's largest professional network on the internet. LinkedIn is our focus on today's episode, episode number 57 of Looking Forward. Welcome to Looking Forward, where we speak with experts about marketplace and societal trends, and most importantly, how they might affect you. I'm Jeff Ostroff, the host of Looking Forward. If you're like me, you're fascinated by trends in the future. In fact, several years ago, that was one of the things I focused on in a book I wrote. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to discuss the huge, growing, and evolving professional network on the internet, LinkedIn. In part one of this two-part series, we will cover such things as LinkedIn's early days, how it's evolved over the years, how COVID-19 has affected LinkedIn's membership and use, and what changes we might expect to see on LinkedIn in the future. Next time, in part two of this series, we'll speak about some of the many opportunities LinkedIn offers to its members, whether you are an entrepreneur, career or job seeker, marketing or salesperson, or just looking to make important connections. We'll also discuss some of the strategies you can employ to use LinkedIn in the best way possible. To do all this, we've brought on an exceptional guest expert. She's Tracy Enos. With over 20 years of skilled experience, Tracy Enos serves a wide variety of clients, including entrepreneurs, small to mid-sized companies, startup ventures, and internet media organizations. A seasoned business and internet media coach, Tracy drives core business processes for the clients she serves, including LinkedIn training, social media, book marketing, and public and media relations. In the past several years, Tracy has consulted thousands of business owners, companies, coaches, authors, service professionals, sales teams, and entrepreneurs on how to use LinkedIn to generate leads, become the authority in their industry, and stay front of mind with their clients. Tracy is known globally for her LinkedIn knowledge and training with clients in the U.S., Canada, Australia, Israel, and the U.K. Her consulting expertise has netted her clients speaking engagements, media attention, guest articles in major publications and trade magazines, and millions of dollars in new business. Tracy is also the author of the book, LinkedIn, Publishing to Profits, a simple five-step system to attract high-paying clients, media attention, and speaking engagements. Hi, Tracy. Welcome to Looking Forward. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me here today. Well, it's great to have you. The topic that you're going to be speaking about that you're an expert in is of interest to so many people. And I've had a lot of interesting topics, but this topic is right up there near the top. I have to ask you, Tracy, at the outset, 
you're an expert on how to effectively use LinkedIn. As I mentioned in the intro, you wrote a book on that. You're going to write a rewrite to that. Can you please tell our listeners how and when you became interested and involved with using LinkedIn? It was actually quite by accident. I got laid off twice in, in four years uh, from corporate America. First time was in 08 during the financial crisis. And I was a loan officer at National City Bank. They were one of the banks that didn't get bailed out. So PNC Mortgage came in, scooped them up and fired all of us. Wow. <laughs> I didn't wow. live in like Ohio. So um, so anyway, uh, that started off and, and I had my real estate license, but because the market, it was the way it was. I lived in Branson. And so we had 18 months of inventory because it's a secondary home market. So if nobody's lending money on primary residences, they're not going to do it on secondary residences, right? Yeah. It was very few and far between unless you had all cash buyer. So I moved back up to KC or Kansas City. And um, I started working for a real estate firm who did probably 80% of the foreclosures in the city. So I was our managing broker. And so I did that for a while till things improved with the market and she moved us back to another brokerage, closed hers down, told us she wanted me to be the buyer's agent for her. But that means that I would get my commissions were being double dipped, not only by the real estate firm, but by her. <laughs> so mm. I told her to go fly kite wow. and <laughs> went on my merry way, <laughs> um, dabbled in a few things that didn't work out and found my job. The second job I got um, on LinkedIn. Oh. And it was a it was a, a company out of San Diego, California, nutrition company. And what they did is they demoed and sold their products at Sam's Clubs and Costco's around the country. Sure. So um, within a week, I was in charge of I was a demo. It was like 10 bucks an hour plus hour a commission based on how many boxes you sold. Within a week, I was the team lead and I was in charge of seven stores here in the KC area. Wow. And so it was pretty cool. Within two months, I was field regional manager in charge of seven states and 83 stores. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. So things were going really well. Um, the company was growing rather quickly. And they partnered with uh, one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the country. And they blew through their $3 million in three months. Mm. And that company turned around and said, hey, look, um, you're going to have to let you know, a lot of people go or we're pulling out. And yeah. so they fired everybody in the field, but one person. So again, I went from a six figure job down to zero. So that was the second in four months. But in the meantime, while all my other friends and stuff during, you know, after the workday, we're out partying and stuff. I would talk to my kids, go back to my hotel room and I would play in LinkedIn. <laughs> and that's what I did. Um, so I was kind of in the trenches, just learning things and helping people out, like my friends and colleagues and stuff that I had before on how to use the platform and other social media at the time. And so what happened from there was that, you know, I, I didn't know where I was going to go and I'm a single mom and I wasn't, you know, I was living off the slim amount of savings that I had. And my sister-in-law called me and said, your sister is losing her short-term memory. You need to come before she doesn't know who you are. Wow. That's my sister, Terry, and she had inoperable brain cancer, wow. one of the most amazing women I ever met. And wow. she had a similar story as well and started her own freelance business and ended up being a very successful woman. So I went to see her and we sat down and she was finally able to have her glasses of wine. And um, I got myself a drink and she 
she sat down and says, look, you can do this. You've been doing it for free for everybody. It's about time you start your own agency and getting paid for it. And I was nervous, but I took her advice and I took the leap. And in the beginning, it was just a digital marketing agency. It wasn't not what I'm doing today. So okay. it was like WordPress websites, doing videos, getting people, you know, listed in business directories and Google maps and, you know, all that fun stuff. And uh, I hate every minute of it. How <laughs> <laughs> okay, to do it. Yes. I didn't mind selling it. I just didn't like fulfilling it. It just really wasn't my passion. Yeah. And I would go to these network meetings, like BNI chamber meetings and whatnot. And I just wasn't getting anybody in my own backyard. And back then, you know, rock bottom prices. Right. And I got like one client, but they were a referral, but I did is LinkedIn. And so I'm like, you know what? let's try this. I started turning to LinkedIn to find my clients all over the country. And my very first client was a uh, commercial uh, roofer out of Philadelphia. Really? My and hometown. I, yeah. I, oh, really? Cool. Yeah. Um, I still remember his profile photo <laughs> to this day. He had, he's in a baseball cap and a t-shirt. He's got a beer in one hand and his prize fish in the other hand. <laughs> that was his profile photo. And I was redoing his profile at the time. And I let him know. I said, tell me how you dress when you meet a potential client for the first time. Really, honestly, how much money are they going to spend with you? He says six figures. And I'm like, is, does this speak six figures to you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I said that's great for if you want to post something in the newsfeed or something and have fun, but that's not your profile photo. If you're going to start to, you know, show, you know, um, your expertise and authority in the business and the people that you service, then let's, you know, provide a more appropriate photo for that. Yeah. And that was the dawn of it. And I started getting other digital marketing agencies. I had one down in Houston. I started getting clients in Canada and then I started getting clients overseas and then those clients eventually are like, how are you doing this? Can you do it for us? Yes. And then that was the beginning of the consulting and coaching agency that I have currently today. What an exciting story. Few quick follow-up questions. One is this all started, this meaning the LinkedIn aspect of your career, what, like 2012, 2013? When did yeah, that all? 20, I, I started playing around in LinkedIn in 2011. 2011. But I had like 60 connections by like June of 2012. By the end of 2012, I had 1,200 connections. February of 2013, I get an email from LinkedIn saying I'm the top 1% of all profiles in LinkedIn. Wow. Now, that's different than what it is today. Today, okay. it's a social selling index score and it depends on your who's in your network and how you compare with them. So that, that email I got from them, they didn't have the social selling index score back then. I was literally had grown my network from 60 connections to 1200 connections and got myself suspended from LinkedIn for five days doing that, <laughs> um, doing some black hat strategies, um, and then went back and did this manually. And um, I did that while I was in my hotel room while I was working for another company. I still have that email. I got a screenshot of it. So <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. It really is. Well, there's a few interesting things that you have mentioned here. You have resilience in that you got bounced around a little bit. And you had a great job at one point before 2008 mm -hmm. came along. And then you ran into a couple of other situations that were tough, but you bounced back. 
And your flexibility here is very impressive. You even got into something you didn't love, but you knew you had to get into something and that kind of got you back on your feet again. You also mentioned something that basically says you do what you got to do, right? <laughs> you do Sometimes you, you do what you got to do. And I was reading about Cuba, a great travel essay about Cuba and the Cubans, and they have a word resolver. And it basically means you do what you got to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something isn't working out. Go figure it out. Do what you got to do. Exactly. LinkedIn has been around for a while. I would like you to please give our listeners, Tracy, an overview of, if you can, when the site was launched and how it's evolved over the years. And I'm speaking about before COVID hit the world in 2020. Sure. So LinkedIn turns 18 this year at the wow. end of the year, like I think December. So in fact, they're only a few months older than Facebook, by the way. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, but they didn't grow as fast as Facebook because they were they were meant for HR recruiters, staffing agencies, hiring managers, whatnot. And that's where people could go and put up their profiles as a resume or whatever. And then these other companies and organizations could, you know, headhunt for uh, top talent. So that's what it was meant for. And still today, that is their main revenue stream is their, their recruiting solutions. It has evolved over the years to business owners and top marketers now using it as a lead generation and networking platform. So what, you know, I couldn't do going from meeting to meeting to meeting and driving and having to get ready and trying to sell broke people to broke people. Yes, <laughs> I like that. LinkedIn was a platform, which actually at the time it's, it's changed a little bit because it's more diverse now, but at the time, um, just, I think back in, oh, 2011, 12, they were touting that the average member's income was in the low six figures and Facebook was in like the mid five figures, like 50, 60, $70,000. So people started turning to LinkedIn because they know they could find potential clients that could actually pay them. Yes. Interesting. And so LinkedIn stood up and took notice, although it, it's been a long process, but I think since Microsoft um, acquired them back in 2016, things have changed a lot, like a lot. And so they are now seeing the both sides of the coin is, you know, not just the talent solutions for the recruiters, but now They've developed, you know, software that is similar to the talent solutions to find people called Sales Navigator. And now they're starting to see how people are starting to use other social media like Instagram and Facebook. And they finally took them years. Now they have all these great new features to do LinkedIn lives, which are live, like you would do like a Facebook live and Instagram live. Content creators are really starting to promote to. And, and so I see that they are now winning on both ends for not just the recruiting side of things, but for the people who are also sales and marketing professionals, but also business owners and even top executives, you know, companies are coming in and going, huh, you know, when people actually go and Google you or a company, a lot of times, unless you're dumping thousands of dollars or more on search engine optimization to appease the search engines, what is going to come up? Your LinkedIn company page or your LinkedIn profile. Yes. So at the very least, you've got to be on, on this platform for branding, for nothing else but, but branding, right? Yes. Because look, if somebody's looking for a job 
or they're looking for a client, they're going to go do their due diligence. If they're looking for a job, they're going to look at your company page. They're going to look at, you know, the executive's profiles. They're going to look at some of the employees' profiles. They might even reach out to them and ask about the company culture or anything like that before they ever even apply for a position at the, at the company, right? And for business owners or sales professionals, marketing professionals, they're going to look at profiles to see if they're the ideal prospect to reach out to and market to, right? And network with. And so it's imperative that you should be on this platform. I think out of all the other platforms, some of them have tried to be, you know, do something similar to LinkedIn, like Facebook did. I think it was called Facebook business or something like that. And it kind of flopped. And Instagram, Facebook owns Instagram. Twitter hasn't tried anything like that. I think there's some others that are overseas that we can belong to. I'd choose not to, but I still think LinkedIn's number one and I think will be for a very long time. Yes. You made a very important point there about how important it is from a business perspective to be on LinkedIn. And I will tell everybody, how did I meet Tracy? I met her through LinkedIn. Yes. And that's how I've met a lot of people. And in my prior career, I really didn't have any reason to get involved with LinkedIn. It was relatively new then, but about a little bit more than a year ago, I started paying more attention to it because intuitively it just seemed like it made sense to me much more than Facebook. And boy, am I glad I did. I've met so many great people, including you, Tracy. I wanna ask you, you talked about how LinkedIn began many years ago. Roughly speaking, do you know how much LinkedIn's membership has grown over the years? And how its membership might have changed over the years. You talked a little bit about the sales now becoming a part of this too. You could speak about that, please. Well, I can't give you like a percentage. I know it was slow in the beginning and Facebook blew up, but Facebook was meant for other things. It was meant to stay in contact with your high school friends and your family members and, and things like that. So it was a very different platform than LinkedIn. Currently, there's around 760 million members and that's obviously changing daily with more members, you know, coming along new members, obviously. But before, like I said, it it was slow going in the beginning and the membership has changed because before, I think I mentioned earlier about the average income for a LinkedIn member over any other social media member, right? Yes. And so that, that number has actually been reduced because of the fact we now have like college kids, that are on the platform. I'm even seeing some high school kids on the platform. We're seeing membership just grow exponentially from overseas and and all various. And now we're starting to see more business to consumer businesses than not just business to businesses coming to the platform. Although it's a little more difficult to create a sustainable income with that, it can be done. You just got to do a few more things. So we're seeing a more diverse group of folks from different, you know, walks of life and different levels of income. And man, the changes, I could tell you about stuff that I remember that I wish they bring back. And I'm really glad for some of the features that they have now and, and are, or enhanced on the platform. What I can say about LinkedIn is it's still overwhelming for many because it's got a lot of bells and whistles to it. But you don't need all of it to create for yourself a great income. LinkedIn is all about consistency. Get on the platform on a daily basis and do various activities. And you should spend maybe 45 minutes a day. You know, Tracy, you had earlier mentioned and globally, you use the magic word because we're also 
intended for a global audience. And the last figures I saw, it's somewhere around 25% of our listeners are from overseas. I was surprised to find Spain is the number one listener overseas right now. Not, that doesn't mean you have to speak in Spanish when you answer this question, though. But the question, <laughs> the question is, are there any differences between LinkedIn's users in the United States, Tracy, versus other parts of the world? And have those outside the U.S. seen the same changes in LinkedIn as you described previously? Yes, and yes, short answer. So here's the okay. long answer is... Uh, we are finding that the activity of our global members over our North American members are more active on LinkedIn than we are here in North America. Wow. And that, that's U.S. and Canada, which is interesting, very interesting, with India and China or Japan being the top dog wow. when it comes to that. And then the U.K., yeah, they are very active in LinkedIn. And also what we're seeing there too is since now LinkedIn is global and they have offices all over the world, a lot of times we're seeing the new features. They test them out overseas first before they bring it to North America members. Interesting. <laughs> yes. So for example, the headline in your profile has been expanded from 120 characters to 220 characters. Well, they let the folks overseas have that for about two years oh. <laughs> before we got it here in the States until somebody figured out you could do it from your mobile and create your headline from your mobile, but not your desktop if you were in North America. For me, it didn't work, but for some people it did. I don't know what the rhyme or reason for that is, but yeah. maybe they were just testing it out in certain markets and could have very well been, right? Yes. And then they just figured that you know, it was working so well overseas and then they launched it to all members. Tracy, so, that is really interesting. Yeah. And there's other changes too, which is really cool because I have colleagues that are LinkedIn consultants as well across the globe. And we we bounce things off of each other all the time. A lot of times I get the new stuff that's coming down the pipe, you know, before the North Americans get it because they're testing it out overseas. It's really um, cool. That is interesting. It's one of the reasons why you're a great person to have on because you see what's happening down the road. Do you have any explanation as to why you think people outside of the U.S. and Canada tend to use LinkedIn more? I think the United States, in my opinion, is not as open to change as folks across the pond, to be honest with you. That's what I really think. Yeah. So I think our, our country has had it easy, to be honest with you. Things are handed to us on a plate or a platter oftentimes, but they are not overseas and you have to work a lot harder overseas. We all know that COVID has had a dramatic impact on most of our lives. How has it affected LinkedIn and its use? In the first 60 days of the pandemic, I got an email from LinkedIn that said the first 60 days, their activity or engagement increased 55% over all of 2019. Wow. That's huge. And so I went into Sales Navigator, their prospecting tool for non-recruiters, and I looked up how many new members uh, signed on to LinkedIn in the last 30 days. And Jeff, it was over 3 million people. So their membership has grown exponentially, and I think faster than any other time in COVID. And then a lot of companies who may have been on LinkedIn, but really weren't using LinkedIn because the, the, you know, the landscape of business changed. The way we do business got disrupted. 
And now companies were scrambling to figure out, all right, how are we going to continue to do business at the level we were before the pandemic? So they all started turning to LinkedIn, hence the increase for engagement. Wow. So that's been a huge impact and people are using it more too? Yes, absolutely. That's all part of this. It's not Mm -hmm. just people joining. You're saying the statistics show they're using it more. Yes. So the ones that were on it, I mean, how are you going to get sales of bringing in the company if you're... Let's say that your um, sales cycle was heavy on cold calling or knocking on doors or going to local meetings or things like that. Couldn't do that, right? So where else are you going to turn? You're going to turn to the largest networking platform in the world. And that's how you're going to conduct business. Tracy, from your knowledge of LinkedIn and how it's being used, do you think this trend is continuing? Do you think people are continuing to use LinkedIn as much as they might have last year in those first few months? 110%. Wow. I believe that wholeheartedly because companies realize that things now can happen. We've had it good for a long time. And now look, look what happens. You get one pandemic can totally change the way the world does business, period. And so- Now people are thinking, all right, what happens if another one comes along? How are we going to set ourselves up for success, you know, and maintain business and not have to shut our or close our doors? Good points. I have seen and personally joined one or two networks that I think are trying to do what LinkedIn is doing. Now, maybe on a smaller scale, which leads me to ask you, is there much competition in the genre that LinkedIn occupies. I know they're the gorilla, 700 million plus 713, whatever it was, that's phenomenal. But do they see much competition in what they do? No, they don't. They are, they're in a league of their own, obviously. Um, And I've seen some of those, not just the Facebook business, but I've seen some of those other ones. And I've actually been invited to them. They, they had a, in the very beginning when it was several years ago, I got invited to a few and their, their model was pretty similar to how LinkedIn started was you had to be invited by somebody who was on LinkedIn. Okay. Right. With an email address or something like that. And so I had a lot of my network trying to get me on this other platform and I would go and, okay, you know, I'm the LinkedIn trainer. I have to know who the competition is. Right. So, and I was just like, look, the functionality was not there compared to what LinkedIn has. And even this is six, seven years ago, LinkedIn still had a ton more functionality, but LinkedIn has just blown up even before the pandemic. But things, I mean, LinkedIn is, I call them, they're growing up. They're (laughs) They're, growing up. They're growing up and they're growing up very quickly. Wow. Microsoft buying them, was that sort of a seminal moment in LinkedIn's history as far as what it Yeah, but it was a slow go for a little bit. You know, we saw some changes uh, the first, like towards the end of the year that year. Um, And then they made some more changes in 2017. And then it kind of slowed for a little bit, you know, Um, like they took away the publishing platform. That's why my book wasn't launched in 2016. Okay, They took that away. I was like, boo. (laughs) So I had to rewrite some of the book and everything. Um, And then so they added some things that you could do in 2017 and they made some changes, but they were slow. They were really slow. So things roll out a little slower than they used to well they roll out slower back then now since the pandemic things now the new features are starting to roll out a little faster 
So to the all membership. So like the new creator, which is now part of your profile. That's new for everybody. It took them a few weeks, but instead of beta testing it overseas for two years or just giving it to a select few people in different markets, they rolled it out to everybody, which I'm thankful that they did. Not just people who are just creating content or whatever, or people who wanted to and wanted to, you know, have their profile flipped a little differently. So I'm seeing some of that. Now I'm not saying they're still not beta testing. I still don't have newsletters and I wrote a book about this. Yes. And that's, it was in beta for two years and they only had 140 people in two years. And I'm like, just roll that out to everybody. If you want to be all about unique content, especially in the newsfeed, let everybody have the newsletter so they can grow a following, you know? So, and they just haven't done that. Yes. Let's now do what this show focuses on to a great extent, which is looking forward what we call it looking forward, in fact, we look <laughs> right. into the future and we look into the future in a positive way. We try to do that. So let's first look into the future in the sense of what's going to happen in the future. Tracy, if you had to predict what will happen to LinkedIn over the next several years, and I realize it's educated speculation, I'll call it, what would you expect to see, for example, in terms of how the site operates? how many people use the site, how they use the site, the competition, anything you can think of, knowing what you know, which is a lot more than most of us know, what would you guess will be the things that we'll see change? They're already making the changes right now. They really want to compete with Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, with the videos and events and things like that. So they're formulating their own I'm not sure if you all have heard about the platform called Clubhouse, where it's just audio. Facebook's toying with it. Twitter's toying with their version. And LinkedIn is working on their version. All these platforms, what they really want is for you to stay on their platform. Yes. They're going to make more money that way. That's people click on ads. They spend money. They pay for ads. They buy premium memberships. They're part of talent solutions. That's how they're going to make their revenue. So the longer they can keep you on their platform, the more money they're going to make. They don't want you going somewhere else. Yeah. So that's what I said when LinkedIn is growing up. Like, for example, I just got an email last week. Um, it was very difficult if you held a LinkedIn live. And unless you told everybody and you had a big network or you had a big email list, nobody knew you were going live unless somebody happened to be on LinkedIn when you went live. And so most people would see that whatever program that you had after the fact, now LinkedIn is attaching it to events and you can actually schedule a LinkedIn live now, which it took them a whole year to do this or two years to do this. I think that's great. I also see maybe possibility down the road of being able to do paid events. Of course, LinkedIn is going to make a portion of that revenue if you use their platform to get people to that event, obviously, right? LinkedIn is looking out for LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. But on the other hand, you can extrapolate from that. There will be some benefits for we, the oh, members, right? Absolutely. But I, I got to share this with people. LinkedIn is making it increasingly harder to be, stay free. So they are reducing features and things like that for free members. They want you to spend money. They want you. That's how they're going to grow their platform and keep their shareholders happy, right? Mm is by doing that. But they do listen. They, they listen to the members. You know, sometimes it takes a little while. I'm on the LinkedIn advisory team. Last I checked, there was only 1,400 of us worldwide. I've been wow. with them for six years. 
And I hear some things that are coming down the pipe, which I can't share right now, but I do know that there's going to be some great changes to the sales navigator platform, which I'm all for still upset with them. that They took away some features, Okay. okay. <laughs> but you know, what are you going to do? Hold a pity party for a year? No, you just, yes. you got to find a workaround, right? I will say this as a LinkedIn coach and consultant, I definitely have job security for a while. That's for sure. Yes. And that's exciting about some of these new things that you see coming down the pike, but you're sort of thinking or suggesting possibly, you don't know, that it may be harder for somebody to just get on there as a free member. They might have to pay a small fee or something or whatever. Well, this depends on if you're a business premium or sales navigator and prices always increase too, right? Yes. So yes. LinkedIn has already made it difficult you know, they limit your monthly searches. If you're a free member, they limit how many people you can see that's viewed your profile every day. They limited your search filters. You know, you can get around those search filters, but even then still not as amazing as using sales navigator. Like I got people that complain about sales navigator and the cost of it. And it's $80 a month. Or if you pay for annually, you save yourself 20%. But I'm like, that is the cheapest employee I have ever had. <laughs> a month. Trust me, that is the best investment ever. I love it. That's fantastic. Because again, one of the things that makes you so valuable, why I'm so happy to have you on this podcast, Tracy, is because you are part of their advisory panel. This concludes part one of our two-part series on LinkedIn trends, opportunities, and the future featuring our guest expert, Tracy Enos. In part two of this series, we'll speak about some of the many opportunities LinkedIn offers to its members and discuss some of the strategies you can employ to use LinkedIn in the best way possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like us on Red Circle, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the Looking Forward podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Looking Forward. I hope you've enjoyed it and learned something. I also hope that you'll tell others about our show. If you have any comments or ideas for future episodes, please contact me at my website, jeff-ostroff.com. That's J-E-F-F-Ostroff, O-S-T-R-O-F-F.com. This is Jeff Ostroff inviting you to join us again next time on Looking Forward.